Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides. For the latest updates, information, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. In case you're new here, they built a mathematical model for win probability using hitter and pitcher projections I've created in order to make one money line or one line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. Please note that these probabilities assume normal starting lineups. That's, of course, key here for the last couple days of the regular season. And use current rosters up, of the, up to the time of the recording. What will be shown in the banners, the thresholds for the A and B grade plays that you can make the best decisions possible based on current odds in the books you do business with. The goals for this episode, share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being made in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather hear the justifications of thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. So I like to say, take what you like and leave the rest. As you go through my plays, remember that there are no locks and gambling, so we'll give you our loves, likes, and leans. It is A, B, and C grades. To indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers, and as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to see it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, starting off this week, totals did well. Uh, side plays couldn't win at the start, couldn't lose in the middle, couldn't win at the end. Uh, some bad bounces for us on Monday. Not the start of the week we'd like. Still profitable for the season, though, and I feel like it's an important thing to mention that I've picked almost 2,000 games now. And the whole point of this is not necessarily to bet every single game, but it's to say if I'm using just one book, can we basically just use a model and be profitable picking every single game, which I feel like in and of itself is a fun accomplishment. So we're holding on to that uh, still for the season with an insane number of picks made. Um, hopefully we can at least finish these last two days out strong getting into the playoffs. Last year the playoffs went really well for me. Um, you just never know with fewer games. Uh, hopefully they can go as well as last year, but obviously it's a fun time I think we're all looking forward to. But still got two days left of the regular season before we get to today's massively large slate. Some reminders, please hit that large like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you're on yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball and your college football content that this channel provides. Also, check out Horse Racing Today if you like to play the ponies. You can find this stuff at horseracingtoday.net. Got a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they can't find and bias they can't identify. Check out the YouTube shows or website. The links are in the description. As a reminder, sort of a Patreon page for those of you looking to support the show and get some different benefits than what's provided here on these shows. Membership starts just $3 per month, and you can get different things like my favorite play of the day, access to our Discord chat where we often talk about line movements and just the games in general, ad-free shows, early access to the shows, and early access to the projected spreads. So lots of interesting goodies there. The link is in the crawler there. Just a disclaimer, before we start today, there are still several games that don't have pitchers confirmed. And so for all of those games, as always, check Twitter or the Google Sheet. The link for that Google Sheet, again, is in the show's description. Uh, where you can find that. So we'll be updating throughout the day plays as lines become available. But to start us off, we have 2 p.m. Eastern start between the Yankees and the Rangers. This one uh, will be Jamison Tyon and John Gray. Uh, both of these pitchers have ERAs in the upper threes. 
Gray has a little bit better of underlying metrics, which is the reason why the model gives him an 89 grade versus Ty on a 93 grade. Again, 100 is average, so the lower you are, the better. So Gray just a little bit better of a pitcher there. And that's why the Yankees are only small favorites in this one because John Gray is obviously a pretty solid pitcher. Once you get past that, of course, the Yankees will have a pretty big edge offensively and with regards to the relievers. Sideline says this should be Yankees. Minus 137 with a total of 7.9. And you can see on screen there, I've locked in the Yankees at minus 125. That's a B-grade pick, according to sideline. Minus 132 or better would be a B-grade pick. Minus 122 would get an A-grade, so we're not quite there. But I've locked in that minus 125 as a B-grade pick on the Yankees here in game one of this doubleheader. And I'm going to take that over 7 as well. As sideline says it should be 7.9. I just think there's some extra value here in taking this over 7. At 7.5. You can probably take it. I do like the push protection at seven here, though. These are two solid pitchers. So seven and a half is just a little bit tougher of an ask. I just don't know if there's as much edge going over that number, unless the odds are really good. But over seven, having the push protection there, knowing that we could easily land this game at something like five to two or four to three, I think it's worth a gamble because I think eight's more likely than seven. Uh, but obviously, uh, even though sideline says 7.97, seven is very much on the table. So going over seven and a half. A little bit riskier. Not that you can't do it. It's just it's less of an exciting total play for me than the over seven is here in the afternoon in Arlington. 14 Eastern first pitch, game one of the Nationals and Mets. And what happens here in game one can, of course, affect game two, given the uh, situation the Mets find themselves hanging by a thread in the NLEs. They did pick up a loss from the Braves yesterday, which helps. They should be massive favorites. In this one, no line out as of now, but we're projecting Paolo Espino and Taiwan Walker. Obviously, the Mets have a pretty big edge across the board in this one. Sideline says this should be Mets minus 278. So you can see on screen there, really for the Nats, we're looking for like plus 300. We're looking for massive odds for the Mets, more like minus 250. Those are kind of the rough prices, but you can deviate off that a little bit. There's more specific numbers there in the sheet. Sideline says six for the total. So imagine I'll be going under on this one. The fear with the under would be not that, you know, maybe the Nats are trying to play spoil a little bit. Maybe they're really trying to go on win. It, it's hard to say as you get towards the very end of the season, the exact motivation for each teams. But I will say at minimum, we do know is we do know that they have to get through a minimum of 16 innings today. And that requires a lot of use of the pitchers. So if Espino gets hit around pretty badly, the only fear with the um, going under on this one is throwing the worst reliever, saving the better relievers for game two. But otherwise, it sets up to be an under. Otherwise, we're talking about mid-50s throughout the entirety of this game. And winds blowing in at stronger than 15 miles an hour for the entirety of this game. So it's just going to be miserable weather being windy and a little chilly. Um a little bit of rain in the forecast. It probably shouldn't affect things too much. It looks like it might be light enough they can play through it, but it's just not going to be fun hitting weather. So like I said, for now, I'd go under six and a half. I'd love under seven. Again, you have that fear of what's going to happen with the Nats choice of pitchers after Espino comes out of this one, but otherwise it sets up to be an under no matter who's pitching. It's going to be hard to score runs in these conditions. Again, that's assuming those two pitchers, if something changes with that, we'll readjust and I'll run the model again with the new information we have when we get it. 610 Eastern first pitch Royals at the Guardians. This is one of the few picks that I was able to lock in last night. I locked in the Guardians at minus 185 with the B grade pick, but that number has since dropped this morning into the 
mid minus 170s where it would get an A grade selection. So I've already added that third unit to this pick. Um, so that'll be reflected shortly in the sheet there. But this is kind of the reason why I put this information out there. If you can still get the in the minus 170s, it's an A grade pick on the Guardians. Anything in the minus 180s is a B grade pick. And again, right now, even though I locked in the B grade pick last night, this morning, the price actually got a little more advantageous to us. I've locked in the Guardians. Guardians losing a heartbreaker for us in extra innings on Monday. That doesn't really affect how we feel about Tuesday, though. They're still a much better team. They're not necessarily fighting for anything specifically, but it is always nice for teams to go into the playoffs on a high streak, whether that means anything or not, that's what they like to do. So I, I do assume they're going to go out there and try to win. Uh, they've got the much better starting pitcher here in Cal Quantrill versus Daniel Lynch. The advanced metrics don't like him that much more, but the results this year have been drastically different between these two pitchers to the tune of about a, a one and a half per nine run differential. Quantrill's pitched really well for the back half of the season, pitched really well at home. He's potentially a guy who's just going to slightly outperform his peripherals. Who knows how if that keeps going, but he just had such a good season. Uh, it's hard not to back a guy like that, especially given the fact that the Guardians have edges, of course, behind him with the relievers and on offense. Uh, we've liked the Guardians most of the year. They let us down on Monday, but that shouldn't change the fact that they hopefully made you a lot of money in the last couple of months. So, again, I'm going to back them. Locked in the mid-minus 180s is a B-grade issue, but up that to an A-grade with the minus 170s. Hopefully you can get a price in the minus 170s because that's a pick I really like. And I also locked in the under 7.5 last night. Uh, Sideline says this should be 6.9. I think 7 is the right number for this game. It could land exactly on 7, so knowing that we win with the under 7.5 makes a lot of sense. As I don't expect a ton of runs in this one. Even last night, getting to having three runs in extra innings, we still only got to seven runs. And I see a similar setup here. Uh, tonight for this one, we're talking about around 60 degrees for most of this game. So the ball's not going to really be flying. And the wind's be blowing in around five miles an hour, maybe a little bit stronger even at the start. Uh, so it should be setting up again for another lower scoring game. The Royals more of an over team at home. Uh, but when they get away from the hitter-friendly confines of Kauffman Field, uh, it doesn't go as well for them offensively. And pacing a guy like Quantrill, I expect a low scoring game here. 16 Eastern first pitch for game one of a doubleheader for the Tigers and the Mariners. This is one that I locked in last night, but we flipped the pitcher. So your, your wager last night should have been canceled. Again, I always talk about anytime you're playing a money line, you should have that option when you make your wager to hit either action, selected, listed, or opposing. Opposing is when you want to make sure the other team's pitcher goes. It's if you're specifically fading a key guy. That's kind of rare that that would happen. Action is you just want it no matter what happens. And we want to hit action um, when we are in a bullpen game or when the pitcher that we're backing we don't think is very good anyway. We don't really care if you get swapped out. Um, listed is if you need both pitchers to go. That's also kind of where we tend to not care as much about the other team's pitcher because it rarely ever gets better. But the one that we usually want to pick is selected. And that's what I always recommend if we have a pitcher that we think has a pulse. And so uh, the Mariners were going to start Marco Gonzalez, who isn't great, but is at least solid continues to outperform all season long. And once he was scratched from this one, that should have been refunded. The price gets a little bit better as now the Mariners and Chris Flexen. It's still an A-grade play because the price has dropped enough. My number has dropped on them as well. Uh, but that price right now is minus 152. And according to sideline, it's an A-grade as long as you're really in the minus 150s, as you can see on screen there. As you can see, there's no total information on the screen. It's because I'm passing the total. Sideline says the total should be 7.5, the actual total. It's hovering around that 7.5 number. So I don't really think there's a ton of value um, in this total right now. Uh, it'll be Eduardo Rodriguez and Chris Flex as our initial with Flex and 
a guy who got moved to the bullpen was having a solid season, but was boosted mainly by pitching in a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Um, gets a 109 grade rating, so definitely a downgrade um, from most of how good the Mariners starters are. Eduardo Rodriguez for the Tigers gets a 94 grade, just having a ho-hum solid season, 402 ERA. Advanced metrics may be a tiny bit worse than that, just nothing special. Not as good as most of the years he's had in his career, honestly. This is not a bad season for him. Tigers playing really well down the stretch. It's a little bit of concern, but in general, this Mariners team is still better. And again, like I said, I do think they want to go out there and try to win these games to give themselves a better feeling going into the playoffs. So I'm not really concerned about the Mariners just taking these games off. Uh, Flexen obviously wants to show that he belongs on the postseason roster, so I think he's going to go out there and give everything he has. I think a reliever's kind of in the same boat for them. So I expect... A good effort for the Mariners. I think the price, again, at that minus 152 that I locked in is good enough for an A-grade pick for me in Seattle. Weather-wise, it does look like it'll be a nice day, so I'm predicting the roof to be open as it should be in the low 70s uh, for this one. So nice day out there in Seattle if you want to go to game one, at least, of this double header. At 635 Eastern, first pitch, Cardinals at the Pirates. Weather-wise, we're looking around 60 degrees for most of this one. Winds will be blowing a little bit out, maybe a little across, more out towards the end of the game, but also under 5 miles an hour. It's not going to really help things too much. No rain really in the forecast. For Dakota Hudson and JT Brubaker, Pirates actually have an edge here in the starting pitch department. Brubaker's an above-average pitcher I've talked about all season. Better than that ERA and a pretty solid pitcher for the Pirates. Pirates actually have several many decent starting pitchers. Their issue, of course, is the relievers are so terrible, and the offense still can't even quite get to league average. Obviously, that's not the issue for the Cardinals. Cardinals, uh, not with a full lineup here on Monday. I assume it'll be a full lineup here on Tuesday, but you just never know. That's why I mentioned assuming normal starting lineups. Um, that's what the model is taking into account. But, you know, the Cardinals will be playing uh, earlier in the week. They're not quite like the, the top four teams, which we know three of at this point. We don't necessarily know the fourth. We assume it'll be the Braves. But those teams, um, you know, a little bit different of a setup. The Cardinals, if they have guys that are banged up, now is really the time to rest them. They don't want to get kind of cold and rested too much going into the playoffs. But if you got an injury, now is the time to sit. So we just don't know exactly what we're going to see from the Cardinals. But assuming it's a normal starting lineup, I think the price is too short. As you can see on there, I've locked in minus 130, and that's an A grade at that price or better, any higher than that. And it loses its A grade status and drops to a B grade uh, pick for me. But I, I like the Cardinals at this price. I don't really love to go to Hudson, and again, I do think JT Brubaker is a slightly better pitcher, but the difference between Brubaker and Hudson is smaller than the difference between the Cardinals' offense and the Pirates' offense. And so the Cardinals' offense will just have a much better edge there, and then once we get past the starting pitchers, the Cardinals have an edge again, given how bad the Pirates' relievers are. I think all of that's enough to overcome the home field advantage. Again, Cardinals have nothing to play for other than they're just trying to get ready for the postseason here, and again, I think that means they're going to try to go out there and play. I don't think they're giving up necessarily on that. Tomorrow now with all these teams might be a little bit of a different story. The last game of the season gets can get really wonky, but I think they're going to go out there and try to win, so I like minus 130 here uh, or better for an A-grade pick. Sideline says a total of 7.9, actual total of 7.5. It's a pass for me on the over. I just don't really think it's worth it. I'd go over 7 but a 7.5, it's kind of mentioned earlier. If, the total, if, if silence is 7.9 and a total of 7.5, I have to really think it's a, a good situation because that's really on the borderline if it's an edge worthy enough to play the total, in my opinion. 640 Eastern, first pitch, Cubs at the 
Cubs at the Cubs. It won't be the Cubs at the Cubs, obviously. It'll be the uh, Cubs at the Reds. Uh, as you can see, the little, little typo there on the banner, trying to rework some of these things and miss that. Um, I'm taking the Cubs on the run line. Uh, uh, excuse me, I'm not. I'm taking the Cubs on the money line as the official pick, and that banner is just all completely messed up. I'm taking the Cubs on the money line at plus 101. Uh, they didn't get it done for us on Monday night, but I think uh, they should be slight favorites here on Tuesday. Sadly, it says Cubs minus 102. So anything plus odds in the Cubs I think is worth a play. Slight minus odds may be worth a small investment. Um, but this is really a coin toss game, so really it's just about plus odds. Really for either side makes a lot of sense. So I'm grabbing the Cubs at plus 101 uh, with a B-grade pick. I also really like this over. It's my favorite over of the day, over 8. Uh, Silent says it should be 9.3. As we're talking about um, not really warm weather, obviously, in Cincinnati, um, you know, but we are going to start off around 70 degrees. We're going to close around 60 degrees, so it's warmer than a lot of places in the country. Um, and we're talking about winds blowing out around five miles an hour for this one. And we're talking about two pretty rough starting pitchers and two pretty rough bullpens. So these offenses should be able to put some runs up on the board. I'm not a big fan of Assad or Sessa. I'm not a big fan of either set of relievers. I'm on the Cubs here mainly because even though I don't like their pitching, I think their offense is still better than the Reds' offense. Of course, the Reds' offense gets to face worse pitching, so that helps them out. Um, Assad does have a 362 ERA on the season, but I do want to point out the advanced metrics. He has the ERA should be more around five. So it's been decent results so far, but it's not one. He's not a guy that I'm – Really expecting to be able to continue to pitch that well going forward. Uh, and Sess has a 476 ERA. I think that's pretty realistic. He's not really a great pitcher. And like I said, both of these bullpens leave a lot to be desired. Although the Reds believers more confident towards the end of the season, still below average. Um, the Cubs relievers, of course, after the trade deadline have been pretty rough in general. So I'll take the Cubs plus odds. I think makes sense. Be great pick and over a run line. I'm staying away from on the Cubs, despite it getting what you see on screen there, because um, I just expect so many runs that I think a one run game is less likely than the odds makers are thinking. Uh, if you were going to play the Reds, I think a run line might make a lot of sense just because, again, I think there's going to be a lot of runs in this one, given how bad this pitching is. It's really like my favorite total of the day being this over eight. 640 Eastern, first pitch, Braves at the Marlins. I've locked in the Braves at minus 155. As you can see on there, that that's a B-grade pick, and it stays that way as long as we're in the minus 150s. If you can get into the minus 140s, now you're talking A-grade territory, so if it drops about a dime, I like the Braves a little bit more. Uh, based off the value proposition that they have. Right now, 155, I think the Braves are a worthy pick. I mentioned this yesterday, uh, playing against the Marlins, uh, you know, going up against a pitcher, Lazardo, that could uh, take over the game. I'm sure that that's what he did. Braves traveling for the night game, coming off that big series. Just not a great spot for them. Uh, here, now that they've been settled into Miami, can get kind of focused back in on just taking care of business and locking up the division. I think the starting pitching matchup, uh, a little more favorable to them today. Still favors the Marlins, but not by nearly as much. Uh, Braxton Garrett's a solid pitcher above average uh, versus Odorisi, who's very average, as much as we talked about him all season, just a very average pitcher. Um, but the difference between them is a lot smaller than it was, I think, yesterday with Elder and Lazardo. And, of course, the Braves' offense is much better than the Marlins' offense, and the Braves' relievers better, too. So this is a good spot for the Braves to go out there and Take care of business and get the win. And like I said, a price at minus 155 isn't bad at all. If the price got up into the, you know, uh, minus 170s, minus 180s, then at some point you start looking at the Marlins on the run line again, thinking maybe they can at least hang in there. And, and you know, that lose by one matters a lot. But uh, one of my favorite plays on the Marlins that's been really good to us here the last couple of weeks. Uh, but at minus 155, I think let's not overthink this and just take the better team. 
in the Braves. Sideline says total 7.7. So I'm going to pass on 7.5 for now. If it does drop to 7, I'd be willing to go over 7. Uh, but sticking at 7.5, I just don't think it's worth an investment. Blue Jays at the Orioles, 7.05 Eastern first pitch. No line out on this one as of yet. So all the metrics are there on screen. Uh, weather-wise, we're talking about 50 degrees uh, for this one. Maybe into the low 50s, but not by too much. Uh, definitely another chance of rain. Rain um, affecting this game by pushing any of your run line or full game total plays. The only plays yesterday would have paid out would be your first five, first inning on uh, money line plays yesterday. We have more rain in the forecast today. And again, a situation where the weather actually projects to be a little bit warmer by the end uh, than at the beginning because of the way that rain works. Uh, and the winds will be blowing in at almost 15 miles an hour on this one. So we've got miserable weather. Sideline still says a total of 8.3 despite this weather. And so you can just see the difference in weather matters, but it doesn't matter for everything because both of these pitchers being below average, I still expect some runs. I just don't expect as many runs as we would have. If this was nice weather in these pitchers, I'd be saying a total of nine and a half or 10, but this weather at least keeps, you know, puts a little bit of a ceiling on it, but Mitch White and Mike Bauman, two below average pitchers. White's been up and down and that he's had some solid starts, but he's also had some very miserable ones. 521 a year in the season. Now the underlying metrics say it should be around four, uh, but you just never know what you're going to get with him. And so that's, of course, the fear in backing the Blue Jays. Um, Bauman, though, of course, a 434 ERA, only in 29 innings, not a guy who projects to go very deep, turns it over to a, an Orioles bullpen that is a little bit more struggling here, you know, since you know, maybe the three-quarters mark of the season. They've just had a lot of wear a fantastic bullpen all season long, a little bit overperforming most of the season. We kind of just knew that was going to come back to earth a little bit, but also just those guys were throwing a lot of innings with, you know, they've been so good and they were used so heavily. I just haven't been as good. So the so Orioles bullpen getting a little bit of a ding here down the stretch. Uh, Bauman not going to be going very long and not knowing what you're going to get from Mitch White. Of course, a really good Blue Jays offense. Sideline says 8.3 at eight or eight and a half to pass. I don't see why it would be seven and a half, but if it is, I'm definitely comfortable going over. Um, and if it's nine, even though these pitchers are terrible, I would still love to go under nine because this weather is going to make it harder to get to a number like that. Uh, but as you can see on there, sideline says Blue Jays minus 128. So anything in the mid minus 120s or better, I'm on the Blue Jays mid minus one teens would be an A grade play. For the Orioles, I'm looking for a price like plus 130, plus 140 or better would be an A grade pick. 17 Eastern first pitch raise at the Red Sox. I'm on the raise here at minus 115. But as you can see on screen, we need minus 106 for a B grade. Thus, this is a C grade pick. If we get up to even money plus odds, we're talking it's A grade territory. Right now, there's not really a lot of advantage in this one, in my opinion, as I think it's priced pretty well. Jeffrey Springs and Nathan Evaldi, uh, both these pitchers get ratings in the low 90s. Both of them are pretty solid. Yavaldi, um, maybe a little bit more down this year than years past, but still a reliable pitcher, whereas Jeffrey Springs, on the other hand, has just had a fantastic season. Less reliable with regards to historical data, but having such a great year. So that kind of balances out. I mean, and, and, and I think it's a reasonable question to ask, right? Which guy would you rather have? The guy who's having the better year now, 
uh, but doesn't really have the historical data to back him up. And you never quite know exactly what's real. Or would you rather have the guy who historically has been pretty solid, maybe not as good this year, but at least, you know, has such a good track record. And that's kind of what the model saying is that's about equal. Um, and so if you, whichever side of that you like, maybe shifts you a little bit more. If, if you, say I'd just rather have the guys having the better year this year, that makes you probably like the raise a little bit more than the model does. So it's just something to kind of like shift maybe how you perceive this game according to your view, shifting from what the model view is. The model views these two pitchers. Even if you disagree with that, then you can kind of shift and make a slightly different number. And that will lead you maybe a slightly stronger play on the raise than I'm making. I just think minus 115 is a little bit too expensive. Uh, this raise team is pretty good, but this Red Sox team still has a lot of talent in Boston. Um, I just don't think it's an easy, like, well, the Red Sox have given up because we've seen that's not necessarily the case with them or with any team uh, for the most part this season. They have little stretches like that, but there's no team that's that we've seen so far that's just completely stopped playing for the rest of the season yet. Um, and if it hasn't happened yet, it probably is going to happen, right? <laughs> so we're almost to, to the end. Uh, Sideline says total is 7.4, actual total is 7.5, so it's not worth the total investment for me at this number. Uh, otherwise, another chilly night up in Boston, and the winds will be blowing in 10 to 15 miles an hour. And so, um, again, you do have a hitter-friendly ballpark and two decent offenses, but um, this weather is going to help kind of counteract that. So I think 7.5 is pretty well-priced total. Some rain potentially in the area affecting this one, so that's something else to keep an eye on. Not quite as bad as Baltimore, but not an ideal situation. 17 Eastern first pitch Nats at the Mets. This will be game two. Again, don't know exactly on the starting pitchers, and so that'll um, potentially affect what we're thinking here. But right now it looks like Corey Abbott and Carlos Carrasco, obviously big Mets edges in this one. A similar matchup that was projected yesterday, but the Mets, according to the model, are a little bit bigger favorites today, having not coming off playing the night before, as that affects how the model views things. And so in this one I've got them at Mets minus 346. But the biggest thing here is just not knowing exactly which pitch is going to go in which game. So just check Twitter and the sheet for that. If I've got the matchups wrong, I'll rerun the model, and we'll have new numbers out on these. But again, Mets should be big favorites in game two as game one. But depending on how game one goes, it can really affect how game two goes based off the Mets' playoff hopes, best off – either team's bullpen usage. So just things to keep in mind there. Uh, Sideline says total of 6.3. So another situation we're under probably makes a lot of sense, even under six and a half, as much as I'd love to just rather go under seven. I think under six and a half might even make sense here. As we're talking about more cold weather with strong winds blowing in and more drizzling rain throughout the whole evening. So again, just miserable hitting weather. And so under makes a lot of sense unless they throw out a total of six. 740 Eastern first pitch, Diamondbacks at the Brewers. Brewers somehow getting it done last night in a wonky game. Thankfully, we had the Diamondbacks on the run line. Of course, now the Brewers though, are out of the playoffs. And so my thoughts on this game are that maybe the Brewers aren't going to throw out the full lineup here tonight. Giving some guys a rest might be a little bit less aggressive in the bullpen. Just don't really know how this game is going to play out given the Brewers were just eliminated. So I haven't thrown any of that into the model because I just have no idea how that's going to play out. So if it's a normal team, normal situation, uh, sideline says this should be Brewers minus 107 with a total of 6.8. But just keep in mind what sort of lineup we might see um, for this one based off of adjusting those expectations. Uh, Pitcher-wise, it'll be Zach Gallon and Eric Lauer. Gallon has been fantastic. I don't think I really have to talk much about him. Uh, Lauer's hanging around average, that 384, 383 
ERA gets a 98 grade, a very respectable pitcher. Obviously, the Brewers are a better team than the Diamondbacks, but Zach Gallon could win this game single-handedly. So you see the prices needed there on screen, but again, adjust that as needed based off of what the Brewers are going to present today. 8.05 Eastern, first pitch Yankees and Rangers game two. Yankees should be massive favorites in this one. No line out. Rangers might be throwing Spencer Howard, might be throwing a bullpen game. Hard to see at this point, but you can see on screen there. Um, minus anything in the minus low 200s would be a great play on the Yankees if we can get it back in Garrett Cole. We're going to need some massive plus odds back the Rangers in this spot as they're going to be really outmatched pitching-wise. Um, Sutherland says total of 8.6. I think the Yankees should be a minus 241 favorite. And I don't want to talk too much about this one. We do think it'll be Cole for the Yankees. We just don't know about the Rangers. But whether it's Spencer Howard or a bullpen game, again, the Yankees should be massive favorites. This is one where I'd probably play the Yankees on the run line rather than those big minus odds, unless maybe it probably starts with a one. Maybe you take money. That's kind of my cut point. But, you know, if the Yankees are something like minus 300, it's just at some point too expensive and just maybe throw a half unit or a quarter unit or something on the Rangers or just completely pass and just say it's not worth the investment just because um, the Yankees should win this game, but they're no lock, right? So uh, we just don't want to be playing a price like minus 300 on the Yankees. Uh, we're going to need some massive value to play the Rangers because whether it's Spencer Howard or a bullpen game, it's not going to go well for them in theory against DeGarrett Cole. 18 Eastern first pitch, Twins at the White Sox. I grab the White Sox here at minus 121. As you can see on screen, it's a B grade if it's minus 125 or better. So, of course, that pick does get a B grade from me. Weatherwise, we're talking mid to low 60s. Winds will be blowing in around five miles an hour. And that leads sideline to give a total of 7.8, actual total 7.5. So, it's a pass there for me. Josh Winder and Lucas Giolito. Uh, Giolito, a guy I talked a lot about this season. Last time, we'll have to talk about him. Pretty terrible ERA. Underline metrics say it's not as bad. The second half of the year, he's been at least a little more respectable. I think he's a better pitcher than Josh Winder is, who does have him beaten ERA, but does not have him beaten the underlying metrics or historical data. So I still think G is the better pitcher. Um, this was a tight game yesterday. I expect another tight one here today. I just think the White Sox pitching edges uh, makes them the play at this price. Um, again, we're always talking about being price sensitive. I think minus 121, the White Sox are a solid investment, really as long as it's better than minus 125. Um, I think they're the side. I just, it's hard to back Josh Winder against a pitcher with a pulse uh, on the road unless you're getting really good value. And the current price on the Twins in that plus 110 ish area just isn't good enough value, in my opinion. 18 Eastern Phillies and Astros, another one to really keep an eye on here and maybe adjust what your expectations are against the model. Phillies clinching last night. Really, this one, I do not expect a full Phillies lineup. And so that's going to change how this one plays out. Ranger Suarez, obviously a solid pitcher, pitched really well the last probably two-thirds of the season, really, and a guy we'd like to back as much as possible. But I'm just not sure it'll be a full Phillies lineup here after clinching a playoff berth. Uh, first one in many years last night. So it's a very weak Phillies lineup. That's going to affect both the projected total and the projected spread on this one. So just keep an eye on that one. Obviously, Justin Verlander for the Astros won't be looking 
you know, to throw 120 pitches, but knowing the Astros won't pitch for a while, he's not going to come out after 60 pitches, right? He's going to throw a normal start and again, potentially against the weak Phillies lineup. Uh, Sideline right now says Astros minus 179, but if it is the weaker Phillies lineup that I'm expecting, I could see this being more like minus 190, minus 200, maybe even into the minus 200s being a decent price, just depending on who exactly the Phillies rest today. And Sideline says 7.6 for the total, but again, if they're resting half their hitters, that could easily come down to something like seven you know, or a projection even in the sixes. So uh, just a lot of variability there based on who the Phillies are going to have in their lineup today. So I think the Padres, 940 Eastern. Uh, no line out on this one yet either. What's going to be another Giants bullpen game? They're down to like two starting pitchers at this point, which is why all their games seem to be bullpen games. Instead, uh, now we're projecting Carlos Rodon versus Sean Manaya, a pair of lefties here. Obviously, Rodon a much better pitcher. Manaya, I don't know, you know, getting some time off, helping his arm, getting his velocity up a little bit, maybe making him not as bad. Sure. I mean, the results still haven't been great. I guess they've been better than they were, but, I mean, they couldn't really have gotten much worse. So hard to say what you're going to get from him. Obviously, he's a guy who wants to pitch well and show that he deserves to be on that playoff roster. But also, I'm not really sure one starts going to change my mind at this point. If I'm, um, you know, making those decisions, but I is not really a guy that I want probably involved in a playoff game. You might bring him as a depth guy in case there's a blowout, but otherwise I'm not sure what he can do at this point with the way his season's gone. Um, obviously, I like Rodon a lot more. The issue is, obviously, the uh, Giants' bullpen is pretty terrible, uh, as we saw last night giving up seven runs in the last you know handful of innings there. Um, and, the, and the Padres' offense is a lot better. So this is really a coin toss-type game in that the advantage that Rodon has over the, the – the Padres offense kind of gets mitigated by all of the other things working against him, <laughs> including obviously the start on the road. Um, so I get a coin toss game really, you know, plus odds on either side, I think makes a lot of sense. It's kind of the way I'm viewing this one as plus odds with the drone. Great. Uh, plus odds, you know, with the Padres at home against a mediocre giant team that really only has one human being on the other side that worries you. Also great. Again, the giants, of course, being a little left-handed heavy. Of course, Padres do both offenses get a little bit of a ding, on this one, sideline projects total of 7.4. It's a total that personally is a whole hard to invest in just because you don't know what you're going to get from Anaya if the Giants offense is deciding two games left and we're going to take the last two games off. And Manaya is a good start. I can easily see this going under with Radon involved. Um, Radon, though, against better teams, has sometimes had his pitch count worked up. That Giants bullpen is on fumes at this point with all the innings they've thrown. If he gets you know out of the game in the fourth or the fifth inning, uh, Manaya being involved, like he's, he's going over. So the total has a lot of variability, in my opinion. So one that's going to just be really hard to invest in plus the number is really crazy. Otherwise, I think the total is just probably a stay away. And again, like I said, plus odds on either side makes a lot of sense. Uh, weather-wise, so of course, in San Diego, nothing really to write home about is most of the time the weather is nice in that area. And then for the Eastern first pitch, Tigers and Mariners game two. Uh, no line on this one up for now as we're projecting a Mariners bullpen game against Garrett Hill. Garrett Hill one of the worst starters in the starting pitcher database. Never know how game twos of these things are going to go, how much bullpen is going to be used. But right now, I mean, the Mariners should be massive favorites. Even if it's a bullpen game for them, their bullpen is good. The Tigers' bullpen struggling more so down the stretch. Again, Tigers playing well um, for the most part, but their arms are just, you have to assume, going to be pretty tired by this point. So I like the Mariners on this one to win. It's just all about the price. You know, if it's minus 250 on the Mariners, that's just too steep and not really worth an investment. Number starts with the one of the Mariners. I think it's worth a play. 
Uh, Tigers need some massive plus odds. I know it says 8.6. We do have a pitcher-friendly ballpark. But, again, I expect some tired arms by this point, some bullpen games. I expect some more runs. been seeing some more overs in some of these Mariners games. Their pitchers haven't done as well either as of late. So if this is a, a total of sitting at 8, I'd love to go over 8 on this one. But, again, just depends on the price. And, again, it's with a lot of these that we're still missing information on. I'll update Twitter and the sheet once we have that information. 940 Eastern, first pitch, Angels at the A's. Angels, Angels, Angels have been doing so well for us. Four to nothing lead in the eighth inning. Pitcher-friendly ballpark against an offense. Can't do anything right, it seems like. And like I said, everything at the end of the night just went against us and uh, losing a one-run game there uh, that we had a four-run lead in. Not good, not good, not good stuff. Um, I'll be back on the Angels tonight, minus 130. As you can see on screen, that gets an A grade at that price or better. That's as high as I want to go. On them, uh, Michael Lorenzen and Cole Irvin, I think two very average pitchers. And so given that, as much as the Angels' bullpen isn't good, I still trust it more than the A's' bullpen, despite last night. Angels' offense better than the A's' offense. So I think minus 130 is a good price to enter in the market in. Again, better than that, also good. If it's a little bit worse than that, just drops to a B grade. And that the value is a little bit less exciting. A's could win this game, obviously, uh, but I do think the Angels are more likely to win, and I think that's a reasonable price point. Sidelines, it should be minus 144. So really, as long as you're minus 140 or better, it's not a bad play on the Angels, depending on where this number moves to. Total on this one is 7. Sideline says 7.1, as we're expecting just a standard night in Oakland. Um, so total of 7, I think, is pretty well-priced. And then wrapping us up here, 10-10 Eastern Rockies, the Dodgers. I mean, at this point with the Dodgers, uh, they're still mostly winning these games, but uh, didn't last night, and you just ex- don't know exactly how their starting lineup will look. I do expect a full lineup on Wednesday. I would expect a full lineup here on Tuesday as well. just never know. Uh, but I do expect a full lineup on Wednesday. They're going to be one of the teams more so trying to win that last game, trying to play everything like a normal game, given how many days off they're going to have before playing a game. But on Tuesday night here, a little bit harder to say. I think the Dodgers have decided to rather be on, uh, but there are no locks in gambling. This price is really expensive, so I'll take them on the run line, but minus 159 is just not anything to get excited about. That's why it's a C-grade pick for me. Uh, but Silent says this should be Dodgers minus 325. Uh, I mean, they should just be massive favorites in this one, and they are, and that's the problem. It's just there's not a lot of value because it's priced pretty well. I don't really want any part of the Rockies on the road, um, but... A run line, a run line favorite at minus one sixty basically, is not that exciting. Uh, personally, obviously the Dodgers have a massive starting pitcher right here with Julio Urias against Ryan Feltner, um, but I, I just don't think there's a lot of value in this price. Uh, total is seven point nine, seven point five. Something says seven point nine. So the third situation of the day where something says seven point nine, actual total seven point five, and I just am not quite there. Would really need good odds to go over there 7.5 so on any of these three that we've talked about where the model says 7.9 and we're seeing 7.5 if you can get even money over seven and a half maybe minus 105 i think it might be a little bit worth it but anything at minus 110 or worse it's just harder to get that value um with such a small discrepancy between the actual total and the projected total in my mind and that wraps us up 18 games today and again a lot of Double headers and crisscross pitchers and weird things like that happening. So just be checking Twitter and the Google Sheet for all those updates. Uh, otherwise, that's all I've got for you today. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. That website, if you haven't seen it yet, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com has all the links, including things like the Google Sheet, which again is linked in the show's description. 
Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all this worth spending content we've on this channel is dropped right to your feed. We'll see you again tomorrow for our last day of baseball regular season content before we head into the playoff shows. Got college football content already up for this week and more coming at you soon. As always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money. Please don't bet your eating money.